0: This week from GNC Week in Review, powered by GeekNewsCentral.com. Elon Musk buys into Twitter. Comcast wants a man to pay $19,000. And the State Department is adding a new bureau. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week. and It's Friday, March 8th, 2022. My name is Kirk Corliss. I'm Scott Ertz. And <laughs> this episode, a special episode of 103 at an earlier time of the GNC Week in Review Podcast, proud partner of the Tech Podcast Network. Give was Tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. We are live on gncweekly.com slash live. So please be sure to say hello and chat or comment. Also be sure to like and subscribe to the GNCWIR channel on YouTube. If you are, if you miss a new, if you miss a live video, you can catch, always catch replay later. If you are a new listener, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find in the right hand side column at gnsweekly dot com. be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. If you have a comment, be it on social media or email, and those links can all be found at gnsweekly forward slash connect. So Scott... Welcome. I'm b- welcome us back. And he's still digging into that music. <laughs> I am. It's not going to stop. I like the music. I do too. I do too. So this is, <laughs> so this is a special episode um, at an earlier time, 6 p.m. Eastern time, um, because we have a very special guest. I didn't want to make the announcement for, because I want to keep it a surprise. So I posted it everywhere li- literally an hour and a half, almost an hour okay. and a half ago. So Shannon Morse, welcome to our podcast.
1: Hello, Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, it's a joy to have you here. I've been I've been waiting to have you come on for so long uh, since uh, since back in January of last year or this year, excuse me, and've been sending emails and I wanted to reach out to you know you're we asking for a collabs with various people and I said, I'm in. So <laughs> um, so things got a little uh, things got crazy with CES. You know, you got, obviously, you got you no know, totally understandable. So, for those who don't know about you, what you do? How about introducing yourself for us?
1: Sure, so I have been doing tech podcasts and video shows on YouTube since 2008. I got my start with Hack5, so my background is most definitely in hacking, DIY, modding, security, and privacy. Um, Most recently, I decided to branch off and start doing my own thing. So I have my own channel, which is self-titled and self-published, which I create here in my own home studio. So I most recently moved to Colorado, started that up. I call it Morse code after my last name. I felt like it made sense. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I've just been, I, I keep on doing the same YouTube thing. I've been doing it for uh, 14 years now and I love it.
0: Yeah. And I've been following your work um, when we were talking before we went on the air, but initially when you were on TechZilla with Patrick Norton and um, Tech Thing. And then we're on Twit, Twit Network, and I've been following you. And when you were on YouTube, I was in. I was I was all in, and I followed you on Patreon. <laughs> I'm on on Twitter. So, um, well,
1: big, thank so, you, Kirk.
0: Big 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 fan. I saw your last video that you did for, with the Google Pixel 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 Six Pro, which I have one here.
1: Awesome.
0: And I love it. I Where's was honestly, mine?
1: Mine's right here. I have here mine you go.
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I've been, I've been I have been not was a big fan of the, the thumbprint reader initially, mm-hmm. but with the bugs that worked out and fixes. And I, and I believe, and you did make a video and you and made by Google, which was awesome.
1: Yes, that that. was so fun. That was the first time that a big company like Google has asked me to produce an entire video for them. Mm -hmm. So I was a nervous wreck when I was making that video. I was so worried. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I have to be a perfectionist. And I think I went over my edit like 20 times just to make sure that I blurred everything correctly and I said everything correctly. (laughs) I was so scared.
0: (laughs) How How long did it take you to do that video?
1: Oh gosh, it took a long time. But but yeah. you know, they they really value content creators especially mm-hmm. when they work with them. So, right. they they aren't like, "Oh, we'll just pay you an engagement or anything like that." Like they right. value my time and my labor involved. Mm-hmm. Um I would say I probably worked at least 40 hours on that video. Wow. At least. Yeah, cuz wow. we did a few like editing revisions, going back and forth and making sure that it was perfect and legal was happy with it. So, mm-hmm. It was fun though it was very cool to see how like a a large company like google works with mm-hmm. content creators to do a uh, high production video and that gave me an idea of some things that i could do in my own studio mm-hmm. from my own channel going forward
0: yeah i noticed that it, it, you got a lot of great i watched it and i also uh, want, and i know that with your video last video a couple of years ago about password managers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know and you explain things to your viewers, or I, I wouldn't say viewers. Well, I can say viewers. The way you explain things, we break it down that everyone can understand. There's some people that don't understand tech like you like you and I do, and Scott does, or because we we're all we're all in with tech. But right. there's some that don't know the ins and outs, and what what ways to find a password manager or the best phone. You know, you give the pros and cons. It's up to the person. And you do say it is up to you here's what my take is but you may like this or you may like that so you know that's something that i really you know get out out of your videos that i can relate to
1: yeah totally. as, a, as, I mean, a, like, as a tech I, geek and yeah like i i respect that about my viewers because i know that not everybody is going to fall into the same target market for a company or for a mm-hmm. specific device and mm-hmm. i try to consider like all the possible ways that you could use a product before deciding like, yes, this is a thing that I could recommend. Right. So I know that I can't recommend it to everybody in my audience, but like if you fall within this specific category, then yeah, you would probably love this thing. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. You don't, you don't force. And a good thing is you don't force people into it. And that's what I like about it because also too the, the the camera, the the Sony ZV10, yeah. I purchased, I love that camera and you get, and you give a lot of cool, you have uh, some great hacks, which I t- pick up, picked up right away. And I took the camera to CES with it, yes! and, it awesome. and it worked out, and it, it worked out great. Um, so, so you really got some, uh, uh, so, you know, again, kudos on, um, kudos on that. That's a, that's um, a good approach.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: So that's so you, so keep it, keep up the awesome work. And I, and I, in the show notes and on the YouTube page, Facebook page, I have some stuff, you know, the follower on Twitter and, uh, and uh, at Snubs, or how you pronounce it, Snubs. Snubs. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. So with that, um, so to celebrate, you know, this episode, we're going to hold a, have a giveaway. And the giveaway is going to consist of, uh, CES swag, which, you know, Scott and I and Shannon love swag. So uh, we have a uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we have a lot of swag, uh, not a lot, but there's some. Um, also, we're going to go into dive into the um, Tech Podcast Network merch store, throw some stuff in there, and Shannon has graciously given donate a, uh, some goodies. Yes. So, which we really, really do appreciate that. Thank you so, so, so much. So, if you go to uh, da, 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 make sure right screen. So, if you go to gnswikly slash giveaway enter now until the end of this month and then we'll uh, which is april
2: not march like you said in the opening
0: <laughs> right april <laughs> see this is going now this is your channel now you know why now you know why i get my dates and also you know, at the same time <laughs> so april okay so end of april um the giveaway ends and then now the drawing on may 6th so so you have plenty of time between now. If you missed, you know, missed it, get plenty of time to enter and win. And we will uh, ship that out to you guys. Make sure it's U.S. only because international shipping sucks. <laughs> 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 so gnsweekle.com. May- maybe Canada life. if you're really nice. <laughs> okay, Canada. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. With that, that's all said and done. Let's jump into news this week. Top story now. This is the biggest news that's blown up all over the place, and then some. So, if you don't know who Elon Musk is, you then you're not you're in the wrong podcast. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> he owns 9.2 percent of Twitter. All of after, a sudden, right after purchasing it, 2.8 billion dollars in stock. This is coming from. From uh, a filing from the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission, this is spotted by CNBC. He's prolific on Twitter and he has over 80 million followers. But the platform has also brought him in trouble. No surprise there. Most famously with in 2018, 20... <laughs> with, with investors, with <laughs> with ordinary people. Um, most famously in 2018, he tweeted that he had quote funding secure, to take Tesla private. Oh. At 420 dollars a share, setting off an SEC lawsuit that cost him 20 million dollars, and a spot as chairman of the board. Musk recently challenged the settlement, saying that the SEC overstepped his authority. He's asking a federal judge to terminate his agreement, requiring some tweets to be vetted by a lawyer. Musk is now the, the is now the platform's largest shareholder, and share Twitter shares have reportedly surged more than 20 percent in pre-market trading. So Shannon, my question to you is this, why is Elon taking taking on Twitter? <laughs> uh,
1: my, my personal opinions <laughs> uh, may disagree with some people on the internet who are huge fans of Elon Musk. And I think it's because he's egotistical. He likes it when people can talk directly to him on Twitter. He likes it when he can call people out and publicly shame people and do whatever else he wants to do on Twitter. And the fact that sometimes he gets in trouble, I don't think he's very happy with. I don't think this is a man that necessarily likes to have somebody tell him no, or say, you can't do that. So instead he uses his money to solve the problem. Like that's my honest opinion.
0: No, no, feel free. 100%. Feel free.
1: And no, I do not own a Tesla and I will never own a Tesla as long as Elon Musk is a part of that company. OK,
0: I know <laughs> I'm I'm all with you. I
2: think that I'm so glad to find somebody else who's not quite as enamored with him. as That's not in his cult. You know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I've never particularly liked the guy. He's not everybody. Anytime somebody calls him a genius, I'm like, you don't know a whole lot about him. <laughs> He's not a genius any more than Steve Jobs was a genius. He was good at marketing. But not a genius.
1: He's very good at marketing. He's very good at what he does.
2: Yes, which is I'll not being a genius. <laughs> it, he's very good at a thing. He's not I I think to be a genius you have to be very good at many things, right? You have yeah. to be able to understand lots of things, which he does not. Yeah. As I've, is evident frequently. I've,
1: when it when it comes to um uh, CEOs of tech companies, I've never really looked at any of them, oh. no matter who they are, no matter what company that they are in charge of, as somebody that I idolize. And I, I worry that that puts you into a dangerous situation when you start idolizing CEOs of companies, given that there's so much monetary value involved. So I, I tend to look at like historical figures as people that I can idolize. Um, yeah. Women who have been uh people that like the the woman that created wireless hopping between frequencies Mm -hmm. she's incredible like there's so many people in our past that we can look to to idolize as opposed to ceos of tech companies and i think that's really important when it comes down to like how how you want to you know come forward with ethics in your own personal life and how you should really put yourself out onto the internet and sometimes i think what musk does is very odd um, and not necessarily something that i would do on the internet some of the things that he says etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah when it when it comes to him just like purchasing such a huge stake in twitter i really do think it comes down to him just disagreeing with the platform and wanting to wanting to maybe one day take it over like i'm a little worried about that
2: he's on the board of directors
1: Right, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: and that's, within and, within like hours of him being announced as the
0: largest single shareholder, he was on the board of directors and, and what kills me is and I agree with you, I think it's not I, I don't analyze him either, I think he's a nut to be honest with to be honest, I think that <laughs> and just to like and to spend that bill- i mean what a billion would it be, and you know that money i mean i don't I mean, I'm not telling him how to spend his money, God bless the man. However, money is well money is well better spent on you know getting better like education for schools. Um, you know SpaceX. You know with the satellites, that's great. So affordable internet, what have you. But to use to use Twitter, I think as his um, his listening po- not as listening post, but his his uh, megaphone is wrong. I don't think it's I don't Twitter is basically. Twitter is a, you know, okay, <laughs> weird noise. <laughs> um, you know, you know, Twitter is like an outlet. I follow, I follow, you know, I'm on Twitter, then check out the news. I follow various people, you and, and a lot of folks, you know. But but I think, but him in, in it, and it put his, putting his grubby little hands in it is going to spoil Twitter for what it is.
1: And, I guess like only the future will tell us if that's going to be the thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope it's not. Like I've been on Twitter for a really long time and mm-hmm. I I always try to remain optimistic no matter what? who has a stake in a company.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, I hope that, you know, Elon Musk is very, very passionate about freedom of speech. And that's a huge thing that he's constantly said. Right. And I hope that he abides by that and doesn't mm-hmm. just make it freedom of speech for people like me. It should be freedom of speech for all yeah. if you want to fall into that opinion. But again, Absolutely. Twitter Twitter is a privately owned or, or tri- Twitter is a private company. It's not a government sector. It's not right. a government agency. Right. So it doesn't necessarily fall into that constitutional issue of freedom of speech because mm-hmm. they can do whatever they want to run their company.
0: True. That is true. Make good points.
1: Scott, Scott's like, well. Uh, not <laughs>
2: there. There's some, you know, there's particular parts of the the law that say they either get to be a platform or a publisher. And if they want to, if they want to, if they want to be a publisher, that's fine. But you lose all the, all the legal protections of a platform and they're trying to have it both ways. And there's, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a big blow up over that soon if they don't decide, I think, uh, I think the next probably 18 months. We're going to see a huge lawsuit against from the federal government against Twitter, Facebook. Uh, are there other social networks? I don't know. YouTube, there's well, you can go
1: to like Mastodon.
2: (laughs) So, I saw you, I saw you talking about that. I don't know what that is yet, but I'm gonna investigate after the show.
1: So, that's like a I'm not sure if it's open source. It probably is because I Mm, I had reviewed it on Hack5. Um, So it's been around since at least 2017. And a few days ago, people were freaking out about it. Because it's a decentralized platform that nobody is in charge of. There's a whole bunch of different servers. You can run your own. You can host your own. So in that sense, it allows for more of those freedoms that you don't necessarily get with a privately owned company. So you could potentially go there and say things that you couldn't necessarily say on Twitter. Um, a lot of people like that. Um I think it kind of depends on what what kind of people you are. <laughs> For right. me, I'm perfectly fine on Twitter because I have no problem, you know, staying in in line with their rules because mm-hmm. I think it's fair. Um other people may see that differently, so they may want to go to a decentralized platform like Mastodon. Um but it's a it's a good platform. Like I used it, I tested it out and it was really fun. So Like, you could have, like, a whole hacker section where you can talk about, like, how to hack things, and that's not necessarily an illegal thing. Like, you should be able to educate each other about how to hack your own personal devices or your own personal network to do what you want it to do. And a lot of times, uh, companies like YouTube and Twitter can see that as being something bad. Like, they might think you're trying to share malicious links Mm -hmm. or something when all you're trying to do is share, I don't know, a Hack 5 YouTube video. (laughs) Oh, so it might be useful to, to, to use a decentralized platform in that sense. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. I, I enjoy, like I said, I, again, I, I enjoy Twitter. I li- follow it for news, not necessarily Facebook, but Facebook is. Is a mess, but um Twitter I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it is it's a mess. And but I oh. I I'm <laughs> and Scott will agree with you on a of that. platform <laughs> from a
2: company standpoint, R- from-
0: R- right? <laughs> the whole kit and caboodle. So I mean, with Twitter, with me, you know, I follow the news and you know, and uh, follow other things, and I'm on it literally like morning, in the afternoon, and at night. And and Shannon, you vocalize a lot of things about what's been going on with you and i i admire how you you're not you're you're not you don't hold back and someone them post some really cute memes and gifs <laughs> 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 so i have to give them kudos on that too but you're open you're open and there's some people mm-hmm. that aren't as open as a lot of people and um you know but i hope i just hope that again with elon <laughs> putting his hands in it i'm just hoping that people can be open more and not whole and not be you know behind this wall so yeah all right cool all, all
2: right. right when it comes to when it comes to elon musk i'm on peter thiel's side so <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think musk was almost single-handedly the downfall of paypal so <laughs>
1: Well, I wouldn't mind that as much. I don't like PayPal.
2: <laughs> the original PayPal was way better than post eBay PayPal.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tell me about it. Jeez. I've I've had so many issues. <laughs> like, in that sense, you go, Elon Musk. Do whatever you need to do. Like There you go.
0: There <laughs> you go. There you go.
1: Destroy PayPal. Go, go for it, dude. I don't care. Well,
0: well
2: that was should... <laughs> what he was trying to do when it worked. Now yeah. he's not involved in it at all.
1: Now he, yeah, that's, now he's that's how
2: we ended <laughs> like, up in the mess we're in now. Is he was CEO of PayPal for years and then he yeah. was ousted because he was an idiot.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and Peter came back as CEO. <laughs> oh,
1: that's crazy.
0: All right. All right. So, next up in the news, I, news today, or t- this evening. So, um, true story. So, where I live in New Jersey, I can look right across from my house, ha- my street, and I can get Comcast. Verizon Fios or Optimum. That's great for me. Well, apparently it's not so great for Mr. Jonathan Rowney, who moved from uh, from Virginia to Washington, uh, Washington State, excuse me, May last year. Um, Rox, uh, Rowney told Ars Technica that before closing a house in the city of Buckley, he checked Comcast's website to confirm that he can sign up for broadband. He said, quote, I went ahead and placed my order and scheduled an install for the day after we moved in or whatever. I think about four days before closing on the house that Comcast, cancel my order. And he said that someone from Comcast called him with a message that his, quote, his house not serviceable. Comcast essentially told him, Rowney, that he had to pay over $19,000 for a line extension. And after he decided to spend some time investigating his options, He hired a contractor to do part of the work and paid Comcast due to rest for a total of about $10,000. Well, there was some construction, took a little longer, and uh, things didn't happen right away. Comcast didn't send the the solar out to his house because the company's records incorrectly to show the work wouldn't be done until April of this year. There is (laughs) more. So apparently, Technica did a report. It did a report on this, confirmed that the Comcast online ordering system was still giving false information on his street, whereas a house further down, about 400 feet, they had a Comcast internet. So apparently they were doing some checking and they got it corrected and it's still showing it's not the right address. Um, so Comcast gave him a price estimate down to $13,000 and then uh, then he provided a, an invoice uh, from, from this company that does the, does the construction for Comcast. Long story short, um, he paid a vendor about $2,000, almost $3,000 to install 153 feet of conduit underground, mostly under the driveway. Um, and the, the company that does the construction for Comcast gave him a quote of $7,102. He decided to pay it. And then work takes a little longer, span about another several months. And finally, the work was done on December 15th. <laughs> so, this is the most oddest story, and how Comcast is asking the, for that of money. <laughs> here's the thing here's
2: the thing about it it's not that odd. And that's the thing that kills me. The numbers <laughs> a little higher than normal, but. Right. We hear stories about Comcast telling people that they service an address and then telling them five, eight, ten, fifteen thousand dollars all the time. Um, I, I remember last year there was a story, I might have actually been ours that broke that one too. It's been a while <laughs> since I've thought about this, um, where there was a Oh, I think it was a I think it was a younger couple that had moved into an area and Comcast is like, their website's like, yeah, no problem. You can add it to your cart, you can check out, and when you're all done, you get a phone call from uh Comcast that says, "Oh yeah, by the way, it'll be a $5,000 hookup."
1: Wow. That's crazy.
2: So Comcast <laughs> does this all the time. And you know they Europe. did that
1: to Hack 5 too. Oh yeah? Wow. Mm-hmm. We we had moved into a warehouse in the San Francisco Bay Area, and they did not have any kind of hard line uh, connection for an ISP. So people were just u- using like Directv for internet or something like that, like something Ooh. terrible. It was terrible. Oh my goodness! It was so bad, and we were Hughes like, we, is we, "There's the no worst. way we can work. So we had to contract Comcast to bury a brand new internet line to the warehouse that we were working at. And it cost thousands. It was so expensive. It oh. was a, he- and we paid for the whole thing. We paid for the entire warehouse, even though we were one of the only office spaces, there were like maybe five, five or six other ones, but we paid for a wire, a wire to be run to all of our warehouse. So the entire warehouse of businesses, were benefited from the cost that we decided to pay it was insane
0: and then you had and i remember yeah, watching your story on when you got your house and the trials and tribulations with your internet and with your internet so did that goes Did that have, you had the same problems there as well right
1: uh, luckily with my house, I have fiber to the door with another oh, ISP, okay. um, which, which was one of the things that I told my realtor I have to have. And she mm-hmm. was just like, I don't understand fiber to the door. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, don't worry. Just, just ask the builder if it's available. And mm-hmm. if it is, then I'll totally buy a house in this neighborhood. If not, mm-hmm. then we're going to the next house. <laughs> like <laughs> I have to have good internet. Um, right. My issue with Comcast was they showed up and tried to sell me their ISP on my driveway. Like somebody was on my driveway trying to sell me Comcast internet. And I kept on asking him, well, do you have fiber? Do you have fiber available for my house? Is it fiber Mm -hmm. to the door? And he was like, oh, we can get you fiber speeds. And I said, that's not the same thing as fiber to the door. (laughs) What are, what is your (laughs) upload speed? And he goes, well, we can get you speeds that will allow you to watch 4K on multiple devices all at once. That's and down, said, buddy. That's download speeds. I'm a YouTuber. I upload 4K videos every single day to my uh, my, my YouTube channel. This is my full-time job. Mm-hmm. I need to upload speeds. And he was like, we can probably get you around like 20 to 50, which, to be fair, is quite good. Mm-hmm. But fiber is so much faster. Like, mm-hmm. I can wait a few seconds and get a 4K video uploaded to YouTube. Like in seconds, like my mm-hmm. cloud storage where I upload all my four K master files, seconds. So <laughs> huge difference. Sorry, Comcast. Right. So I did not sign up for, with them because they they kept on trying to they were like underestimating my education when it comes to fiber. And I was just like, bro, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: And again, that goes back to you know what I was saying at the beginning, you know, that how would you you know when you Explain things to people ordinary people don't know. And they're also mm-hmm. making it seem like you're dumb. And you're clearly not <laughs> on, <laughs> on every pitch of imagination. You know, And my with my family, I have to explain things, you know, with my wife and my mom, um, you know, how how things work. And I, I remember you joking on uh Twitter, I think the other day, or last I can't remember when don't ask for tech support.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, but I but it's like but I think the Comcast has been in the news for like, I mean, you know, for the past year, if not more. And I think we had a couple of news items a, a few months ago about or last year where they are, you know, maxing out their about their data caps and, you know, and they got to get their, their act together. I mean, if they show their address, he went on the guy went on the website, put his address in, it shows it's available. And then they go, whoops, no, it's not. Technical Report did a surge. It's still wrong. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so, that's so bad.
2: Um, so I pulled up some of the previous instances of this. So the one I was thinking of was uh, 2020 mm-hmm. when it started. So last year when it finally came down, uh, Edward Cole, K-O-L-L. Um, they wanted five grand from him. Here's, wow. here's almost your story. Um, Silicon Valley startup. Called Smart Car. Comcast demanded 60000 dollars from them.
0: Wow. Way.
2: Um, uh, in 2015, a homeowner sold their house because Comcast was trying to demand so much from them to get hooked up.
1: What?
2: Yeah. I
1: wow. Th- this
2: is a consumer one for 60 grand. It's
1: so bad.
2: So they just sold the house. Like, you know what? I'm out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, get it. it. Yeah, <laughs> 60,
2: an additional 60 grand just to get Comcast? No. That
1: is nuts.
2: I wouldn't do that for an internet service provider I wanted. No. <laughs> I want <wouldn't> it <laughs> either. No, no, I, man. Certainly, I certainly don't want Comcast because uh, they are, every year, they're in the top 10 most hated companies in America.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, Kirk and Scott. Yeah. Should internet be a right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely, yes, Hold should,
1: should fast internet be a right?
2: Absolutely, acceptable internet. Acceptable. Yeah, I. Be, obviously, better than DSL and nonsense.
1: Yes, D- right. Dial up. <laughs> Scott,
2: here, so so uh, Todd Cochran, who's the the head of the Tech Podcast Network, mm-hmm. he um. He is in a place where internet is. Oh, and he's, half in, a bo- the time, he's, he's in a boonies. What that? Half like. the time it would I, be quicker for him. I grew up in the boonies,
1: so that I'm very familiar okay. with <laughs> those kind of internet speeds. Okay, okay. <laughs> like that's my mom's house still. <laughs> half,
2: half the time it would be quicker for him to just type out his videos in Morse code and, <laughs> and, and and hope.
1: Oh,
2: oh, I'm back. You're, you're that's back. weird. Um, <laughs> and because so, you were typing
1: out Morse code, my my, I, I my camera thought got, it was turning off. I got just <laughs> the right code
2: to turn the camera off. Uh, <laughs> weird. Um. So I mean, and and it's not like it's not like he's nowhere, right? It's not like if if he set off a bomb in his backyard, nobody would know, right? Right. He's right. he's close enough to people, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have any real options, and that's insane thank goodness i we're gonna go back to the last topic accidentally for a second but thank goodness that starlink is on its way right because that's actually like
0: he's been he's, yeah he's, he's chomping at the bit. Starlink. he's chomping at the bit and he did say to me that he's getting it supposedly this month wow yeah but and that goes back to we had a talk it was a day one sign up
1: he oh, was, yes. Yeah.
0: The moment, the moment he, yeah, the moment he, they announced that he was on that. He was on. he filled everything out, and that goes back to earlier that you know, circling back. When you're spending billions of dollars for a platform, put that money. And when you're asking about it, a so right, absolutely, put it, yeah, I, put it somewhere more I, useful. Exactly. Not into something in a platform that there's a lot. There's a lot of people on Twitter. I get that, but I think that in this day and. In this in this climate right now, and I, I truly believe that with education for first and foremost, and the internet kids can do their schoolwork. Yeah. And
1: accessibility. Yeah. Ex- we, accessibility. We
0: talked about
2: but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at the beginning of, of 2020, there were kids they were sitting in closed Taco Bell parking lots just so they mm-hmm. could do home school from their laptops, which completely yep. defeated the whole purpose because mm-hmm. they were clumping up in a anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the idea was to separate them and it didn't go that way but right. um that unacceptable.
0: Yep. Yeah, so Comcast get your act together. <laughs> oh, for so many reasons. Exactly. Exactly yeah. right. All right. All right. In other news, the Department of State has uh announced the new bureau Department, excuse me, Bureau of Cyberspace and Digital Policy, or CDP. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken announced the CDP in October. The Bureau compri- comprises three policy units, international cybersecurity, international information, and communication policy and digital freedom. The office will be eventually led, be led by Ambassador-at-Large, which, who will require senate confirmation jennifer bacchus who is a crew member of the senior foreign service is running the bureau on acting basis as senior official and principal deputy assistant secretary in february fbi director christopher ray ray said the agency had more than 2,000 active investigations related to thefts of u.s tech or information that were allegedly carried out by china he claimed the country had a quote Massive, sophisticated hacking program that is bigger than those of every other major combined. Shortly before Russia invaded the country in February, Ukraine's government blamed it for a cyber attack against its websites. And President Biden signed an executive order last May that sought to bolster the country's cybersecurity infrastructure. He followed that up in January with an executive order that contained more concrete directives concerning Defense Department, the intelligence community, And national security system. So my question is too late too little too late to have a quote quote Bureau of Cyberspace and Digital Policy when this could be been done.
2: Better to have it than not. But yeah, this should have been done 30 years ago.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think in in some spaces especially like protecting infrastructure and um, like digital economy and things of that nature. Like it's important to have some kind of government regulation happening. And for the longest time, we haven't seen any kind of cybersecurity work happening at a government, like a federal uh, slate. And it's, it's been needed for years and years mm-hmm. and years, especially now with the huge, huge increase that we've seen in ransomware and malware attacks yeah. in um, uh, botnets. Um, we've had infrastructure vulnerabilities since the Stuxnet days. Like there's, and that was what, 10, 10 years ago? It's been so long. And the government has been so slow at acting on all of these problems that we have seen in um, all sorts of different, different types of uh, companies and different types of um, I guess, like federal mandated agencies.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: it it's about time, like yeah. especially right now with, with what's happening in Ukraine and how a lot and- of the attacks that we have seen mm-hmm. that are, targeting Ukraine are starting to spell out into other countries as well, including the United States. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of those attacks start, starting to hit us too. So in that sense, yes, we, we need this badly. And on, so on hopefully it, they do it quickly. You
2: know, on top of it, the idea of, you know, the Bureau also focusing on digital policy, I think is yes. important um, as the The inevitability of China invading uh, Taiwan heats up. Like eighty percent of of silicon is produced in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, <laughs> that's not great. Yeah. Thank goodness Intel jumped on it quick, and they've got the the foundry going in in Ohio. <clears throat> The the manufacturer of chips in Taiwan is diversifying, and they're building a foundry in Arizona, I think. Um, so
1: wow,
2: right? The T the in their name is Taiwan, and they're building their <laughs> next foundry in Arizona because they know that things are about to end in Taiwan, and they can't. They know that they're responsible for keeping the world afloat. Um, so, you know, having digital policy, my guess is that this has something to do with why Intel's next foundry is going in, in Ohio, right? Is, you know, conversations within the state department on digital, uh, policy is why Intel's building in Ohio, why TMSC, TSMC, I can never remember which order those letters go in, um, why they're building in Arizona. That, that mm-hmm. would be my guess.
0: That's
2: that would a good be, guess. cause I that mean, would is- be.
1: That would it is be a guess the for role us since we're on the outside but <laughs> but that would be the a role of guess. the state department right yeah. that's
2: literally the role of the state department and then you know this this bureau within the state department it totally makes sense that that they've mm-hmm. kind of been active already in a test phase to make sure that it made sense
0: well, my con- my concern is 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 with with voting machines in in the general election because I think I saw Jenna maybe you might know or seen this in, at what one of Defcon's where yeah. they had you got to be careful we're on YouTube. Oh, okay. You got to be careful with what you say here. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay, got yeah, freedom so, of speech and all that, you know. <laughs> right,
0: right, right, right. <laughs> so, I saw a video um where the, it was they did it, um it was a voting machine and somebody was able to, it was on a running on a Windows seven computer or operating system and was able to hack it in less than like a minute and a half. So my concern is, is that with these voting machines, you know, if we're going to have this, they should be able, be able to look into these voting machines also, because God forbid something happens. And if you if you want to vote for whomever, then, you know, that, that machine gets hacked for whatever reason sounds like digital policy to me right I
2: mean in in conjunction with the you know with uh, the elections mm-hmm. department but right I, I, that sounds like digital policy to me yeah ha- and having yeah. two organizations both with a vested interest in that particular topic is better than just mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. totally right yeah I, anytime you only have one organization, uh, with a vested interest in something, it's never better, um, particularly right. within the government. Right. So, I i mean, the government's not great at most things that they get their hands into, but they're <laughs> at least better than nothing. Right? They're, they're, they're usually kind of meh at the things they do. These are the same people who, uh, when a judge uh, rented porn at a video <laughs> rental store, the Senate... Uh, passed a law preventing video rental stores from telling people what they rented which is why we weren't allowed to share our our watch history on Facebook from Netflix. <laughs> that, that I did not
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Un- until until like 2016, 2015 or
2: 2016, um, there was no share function from uh, Netflix uh, because huh. there was a federal law preventing video rental companies from sharing the watch history of their customers because a federal judge rented porn and they told on him. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. That's good thing I'm I'm (laughs) not blushing right now. (laughs) And that was like
1: 1983
2: or something. And that law affected us into like 2015 or 2016.
1: What? Wow. we, We did a whole show on it oh my gosh yeah in, i must in live life. under a rock when it comes to like
0: <sighs> i didn't know yeah. about that stories I like follow, that <laughs> I, I i don't i didn't know that i thought <laughs> politics like like religiously and i did not know that so we you know, did a i'm whole so story.
1: innocent i never like pay attention to stories like that
2: we did a, we did a whole show on it in i don't know 2012 or 2013 and that was the reason why you couldn't
1: oh you couldn't. yeah i was a baby i was like underage at that time so <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> I probably couldn't access the story. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> <It may. Yeah. laughs> but I mean you know the,
2: so they're not they're not great at forward thinking, right? That's never yeah. been that's never been certainly the federal government's purview is yeah. is forward thinking. but at least trying to solve today's problems today is better than not trying to solve any problems ever. Mm. Yeah, so that's true. I still It'll be a little that. behind the ball, but it's better than the ball being out there and nobody
0: playing. So uh,
1: Yeah. <laughs> I still
0: can't I still can't get that image out of my head. So I'm, I'm gonna try to like <laughs> He didn't it's not like he did it in the judge's robes or anything. Oh good, okay. okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just got just a guy Oh, uh,
0: Again, really I'm funny. again, I'm still not like getting that image out of my head. So that's, that'd be really uh, funny, though. It would with the gavel. <laughs> oh my god! Oh jeez! Gee, oh, oh, <laughs> no! 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 <laughs> it's like going out of that rabbit hole. All right. Speaking of cybersecurity, uh, I guess is that <laughs> what we were talking about?
2: <laughs> it did seem like we, we yeah.
0: lost that thread a little. Yeah, bit. it
2: was. Yeah, it was. That's
0: that's why we got sidetracked. Go to- Right. You didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. That's okay. See, this is why this this podcast is the best. Okay. All right. So um, email, email marketing giant MailChimp has confirmed a data breach after malicious hackers and compromised an internal and an internal company tool. They gain access to customer accounts in a statement given to TechCrunch MailChimp CISO, Siobhan Smith said the company became aware of the intrusion on March 26th after identified a malicious actor accessing a tool used by the company's customer support and account notification teams. Access was gained gained following a successful social engineering attack, a type of attack that exploits human error and uses manipulation techniques to gain private information, access, or valuables. Uh, Smith said, quote, we acted swiftly to address the situation by terminating access for the compromised employee accounts, and took steps to prevent to prevent additional employees from being affected. However, it wasn't quick enough as hackers viewed approximately 300 Mailchimp accounts and excessively exposed audience data from one or two one hundred two of those. This is the company saying this. Um, MailChimp declined to say exactly what data was accessed, but told TechCrunch that the hackers targeted customers in the cryptocurrency and finance sectors. In addition to viewing accounts and exploring data, the threat actors gained access to API keys for an undisclosed number of customers, allowing the hackers to potentially send spoofed emails, which have now been disabled and can no longer be used. So basically, yet another breach on (laughs) This time with another company what no <laughs> this
1: is a um this this is very similar to what happened to twitter right. i believe it was last year a uh, social social same, engineering attack same, that game same general group uh yeah. of targets And same thing happened to Okta recently. It was social engineering and they were able to gain access to uh, basically like a customer portal that some employee at those companies had access to, which in turn gave the attackers access to information on all the client customers of this specific company, Um, which leads me to believe that these kind of social engineering attacks that are relying on focusing on um like backend infrastructure type of companies that have access to a whole bunch of other bigger companies that use them for part of their customer portal for example uh-huh. uh it makes me think that that is a new target that a lot of attackers are choosing to attack a lot of hacker groups are choosing to you know go after it's a but big this, deal
0: yeah but this but this has been uh, what kills me is that there have been so many companies over the past several years that got hacked data breaches. What is the what is like, what can be done? I mean, what's like, I mean, I'm obviously I'm not an expert in this and China, you, you are versed and knowledgeable. So what as like if you were if you were a CISO officer, what would you do differently than what the what these companies are doing now? Or an improvement?
1: Yeah. Um, God, there's there's so many examples of things that I, I would say to do. But of course, I don't run a big company mm-hmm. with several employees. So I can only say this based on experience talking to people that are CISOs, right. which I am not. Mm-hmm. Um, segmentation, making sure that your employees do not have access to everything, <laughs> making sure that they <laughs> sure. are not admins, or that they have like you know, God mode powers on whatever, whatever um, infrastructure that they are running on the back end, making sure that you educate them on social engineering attacks, especially the new ones, not just like the stuff that you could learn 10 years ago on like, you know, the email spelled incorrectly, or whatever, like, they're much more sophisticated now in this day and age. So updating social engineering education so that employees know what to look for and not penalizing employees for falling for these schemes, but instead welcoming welcoming them into like the InfoSec uh, group so that they can understand and they can learn from each other and not mm-hmm. berating them if they do fall for these tactics. Because even the most... Even the most educated people in security and privacy can fall for these social engineering attacks. I've seen people who are in inf- information security that have like certifications and everything, and they will post about like falling for these kind of attacks on Twitter and they will share their experience so that we can all learn for it. So treating each other with that kind of respect and not berating your employees or like writing them up for falling for it. That's a huge thing too, because if you, if you do that, they're not going to tell you when they fall for it. Right. And then that will lead to your company getting hacked because they won't tell you that it happened. (laughs) Oh, also sign up for two FA, please, please, dear God.
2: Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Force it on these things. Force it.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: To to target a, a video that I think you did recently, um, uh, partner with somebody like YubiKey. Make sure that oh uh, yeah, we we love them. Um, I've got several of them on my desk out in Mission Control. Um, that you know Where am I? have you have a collection. Have your yeah. have your employees use those, right then. Then we've we've really limited the access. They've physically got to be in the building.
1: Yeah, I think I have like that better. I have like twenty of them in my. (laughs) This one's from I Got these. Got these. (laughs) I have so many. I don't use them all, but I test a lot of them, Mm -hmm. and then I use specific ones for specific. Access points. So if one did get stolen, they couldn't gain access to all of my Good accounts. Thing. Like I, yeah. yeah, it's like a whole weird, <laughs> weird thing I have going on here.
0: And you've been saying two two FA for like ever, and I even do. You know, I'm now starting to do two FA because I hear all the concerns and all that. Kurt, so I make sure <laughs>
1: you're just now, just yes. now signing up for it.
0: Yes, I yes I did it. I did it so long. <laughs> um <laughs> a lot
1: <laughs> no quite I, I, wasn't... <laughs> I mean quite frankly it's it's it is a lot of work to get it yeah, set up
0: it is and it took me a while to do it but I just I just did it recently within the past few weeks so yeah I I heard I seen and I watched everything and I'm like I gotta do it I gotta do it so I took some time and so guilty as charged I should have done it way Good. before so I I'm guilty as charged so,
1: well, I am proud of you for thank signing you. up for 2FA <laughs> thank you. and implementing
0: thank you. it. Thank you. Yep, I'm that's happy. That's very good. Yep, and that's why I'm happy, with, especially with a lot of the apps I have. It's all on Thumbprint. So I'm also happy with that as well. Good. It's <laughs> working properly because, because it was a pain in the butt before, but now I'm like,
1: woohoo. <laughs>
0: so, yes, definitely do that. It'll, it'll help you immensely. So definitely take it from me it helps cross me <laughs>
2: and, and i'm gonna throw out there i know a lot of people don't quite understand what social engineering is mm-hmm. um and it's a weird pitch every time i say this people are like i'm sorry what are you talking about <laughs> there is a he he's a friend and it's fine but um <laughs> one of the original probably the original uh nerdcore rapper uh yt cracker has got a oh, song no, we don't
1: talk about him sorry he's- we have I have personal problems with him, so we don't talk about him. In really? Yes. Okay. All he's right. A good,
2: he's a good friend, and the social oh. engineering song explains it real well.
1: Well, I have some Nerdcore recommendations. Excellent. Dualcore Dual is a wonderful person. Uh-huh. Very respectful to women. And um, Dale Chase, who I actually did a video with. Hmm. I don't know that good, one. Good people. Very respectful.
2: Dale
0: Chase. Yeah. I don't know, to be honest, I don't know any, any of them, so... Um... <laughs> well,
2: I, I'm going to put it out there. The song explains social engineering better than any article I've ever read, which is the reason why I, I usually pitch it out there. Okay. Um, yeah, that, thank you for the recommendation. I will look into Dale
0: Chase.
1: <laughs> You're very welcome.
0: Yeah, I'll take a look. I mean, couldn't, couldn't hurt. Okay, cool. All right, so... Uh, next. Um, I see.
2: Yeah. I I see a lot of security related stuff. Anything on social engineering? Uh, no, <laughs> Shannon. No, Shannon uh, from Dale. Oh, which Chairs. one? Sorry, <laughs> uh, from from Dale Chase. I see a lot of security related songs. Is there anything on social engineering?
1: There might be. Okay. He has like three CDs worth, at least.
2: Okay.
0: Cool. Well, maybe I've got another recommendation. <laughs> cool. all right. Awesome. All right. Next up now, I'm not a big fan of NFTs. I don't know why it's out there, but Scott and I I'm wondering why it's still a thing. Well, um, Paramount and Recur are launching the first batch of Star Trek NFTs through Paramount.xyz in a 24-hour sale starting tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can spend $250 on a Season Zero pack, and you'll get unique algorithmic built starships that you can flaunt and sell to our truckies. There'll be 20,000 items in the first wave with 2,000 more, quote, in reserve. Um, There'll be incentives to buy early. Starship owners will receive crew member NFTs ahead of their wide release in season one. In season two, we'll let you use that crew permissions to in a play to earn game. <laughs> I, I love Star Trek. I, I was gonna
2: say I, we're I, we're leading up. We've we've buried the lead here. There's obviously a game that these are going to be attached to. I I I think so. Yeah. Well, I, you mentioned it at the very very end there. They, oh yeah. They definitely buried the lead on uh on what the story is. There's a yeah, Star Trek I, game coming.
0: Oh okay. And you but, can
2: buy your ships now. Oh okay. I guess I'm.
0: <laughs> but again. Shannon, are you a fan of (laughs) NFTs? Please no, but I
1: am a huge Trekkie. So good, thank you. All right, you and (laughs) Uh,
0: I—I don't (laughs) have
2: anything close enough. Likewise, (laughs) oh, I do.
1: I have an O'Hara mug. Oh my god, I have to show you this. Okay,
0: Uh I'm getting
1: up. (laughs) Okay, 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 yes, okay. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) So, who those watching live? Uh uh, We're on audio. Um, Shannon's getting up to uh, gather some. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> awesome.
1: For, for anybody listening on audio, I have a, um, it's a Star Trek Barbie and Ken gift set from the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's still new in box. And my mom kept it in storage for me. And she brought it over to my house last year. And I was like, oh, my God, this thing is amazing. So it's on my set. So I have this. And then I also have a uhura mug from the original series Very i'm nice. a huge uh, trekkie i love star trek okay Me good. Too. grew up with it
2: awesome i've got out outside of this room i've got too too much <laughs> i
0: have i'm the biggest star trek fan i don't have the collectibles i wish i did and and i and chen i'll love you even love you even more <laughs> i went off. to
1: i went to a ren fair and i dressed up in mm-hmm. a um a red dress like uhura's dress mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Oh, I was that like, "Oh, awesome.
1: I'm going to be in so much trouble!" But it was so much fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I just don't. I,
0: I love that when that happens.
1: <laughs> right, me <we> too.
0: I, <laughs> I just don't get again because Scott and I on previous episodes, I think we had there was something about NFTs for something I can't remember what it was. But again, uh, I can't stand it. Why are they doing this to me? And they're doing this to my favorite TV show of all time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't collect NFTs. I don't have any NFTs. I haven't made any NFTs. Mm -hmm. Um, I like collecting physical art from small businesses and Mm -hmm. makers. Um, I like collecting things that people have made by hand. I think that it holds a lot more um, value to me whenever mm-hmm. I can hold it in hand and mm-hmm. it it sparks so much more joy in agreed. my life when I can look over and see a thing as opposed to having something digitally that I have purchased I do still purchase things like you know music and movies like I purchased right. my friends nerdcore music whenever they release new ones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that sparks joy as well but NFTs have yeah. never done that for me
2: right agreed and and you don't because it's digital, well, depending on what it is. So this, I'm, I'm looking into this in a little bit more detail, and this might be one of the places where NFTs make sense because um, it's not artwork, it's an in-app mm-hmm. usable thing, which is where I think yeah. NFTs actually make sense. An
1: in-app um, purchase.
2: Kind of, but right. but it's not purchased in-app. That's the thing. It's tradable. It's, it's able to be interacted with external to the platform, which is the thing. <laughs> You know, anybody who's played an MMO knows the danger of trying to buy something <laughs> externally. <laughs> Everybody's done it and everybody yes. knows the danger because you've got to, somebody has to take the risk. Do I send the money before getting the thing? Do I give the thing before getting the money? Somebody's yeah, going to take so the strange. risk. But with an NFT, that problem is solved because it's a direct tradable asset externally, which it looks like is what's happening here. My concern on this website is less about Star Trek and more about the Nickelodeon logo that I'm seeing that says coming soon. Because <laughs> um, I don't like the idea of getting kids involved in this kind of thing.
1: Mm, yeah.
2: That seems dangerous and bad.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: that's a whole different thing. Um, but there's definitely a Nickelodeon coming soon logo on here. But
1: That's so fascinating.
2: Yeah. I don't like that at all. No. but you know if you're if you're buying a ship you know, a procedurally generated ship to use in game okay that sounds interesting I can, right. I can investigate this a little bit maybe i'm not mad at it like the people on ign are mad at it which is the article i'm <laughs> reading that got me here the <laughs> <laughs> people at ign are very unhappy about this um but you know if it's in if it's something that you're going to use in game. Okay. I can see where the value, you know. Yeah, can come I would, in there.
1: I would just prefer to purchase a digital item for the game that I can use. It doesn't necessarily have to be an NFT like right. I don't I don't want to feel like I have to fall into that trading scheme or yeah. anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I just want to purchase it. And then keep it in my digital library so that I can go back to it anytime. It's kind of like back in the day, I used to play Need for Speed and I would straight up collect cars and I would mod all of them. And then, depending on like the track or depending on wherever I was going in the city for whichever game I was playing, like I would use a particular car because it was best on that specific route. Sure. Like, do I have to trade them? Can I just keep all of them? Can I hoard Star Trek? ships
2: ships i mean <laughs> yes <laughs> of, well of course you can well again i feel like I'm, that
1: would cost a lot though uh
2: 250 a piece is that what you said kirk yeah okay well,
1: so there you go uh, i guess for a ship that's pretty cheap
0: yeah but <laughs> again hard pass and again i just i'm not i'm not a big fan of NFTs. I don't. I see them (laughs) everywhere, and I'm and I'm like you, Chen. I'm. I want to, you know, to see them physically, and you know, collect. Yeah, that's. Oh. oh I would
1: purchase a Star Trek ship model for two hundred fifty dollars and put it on my shelf. If it's quality,
0: for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. If it had lights on the inside of it, Mm -hmm. very
0: cool. That would be very very cool. Agreed. Absolutely. Uh. All right cool. All right. There's we're... more
2: Nickelodeon branding on here and it's making me less no! comfortable. It's, <laughs> getting, it's getting worse. No! It's, yeah. It's making me less comfortable with this concept.
0: All right. Stay. I don't Avert like your it. eyes. Avert your eyes. Avert your eyes. All right. Other news week. Amazon will reportedly object to a recent union, union election victory at its warehouse in Staten Island, New York, alleging that organizers pressured workers into voting and to organize. The Wall Street Journal reporting that the company revealed its intentions to appeal JFK8's election and legal filing released to public on Thursday. Roughly 55% of workers at the JFK8 warehouse voted to join the Amazon Labor Union, the first of kind for Amazon workers in the U.S. The company has until April 22nd to gather evidence and formally file its objections to the National Labor Relations Board. In the document, Amazon gave a preview on objection it plans on raising. The company wrote that it believes the company, the union, excuse me, the union threatened employees unless they voted to unionize. Amazon also accused the union of quote lectioneering or interfering while employees waited in line to vote. They argued that usually long waits at polling booths led to insufficient voter turnout. The company also believes organizers loitered by the polling area and intimidated voters, even in this bar, as far as to threaten immigrant employees with a loss of their rights if they didn't want to unionize. Uh, Eric Milner, an attorney who represents the ALU, believes the Amazon's deductions will be dismissed. Um, he said to Reuters, quote, to say that the Amazon labor union was threatening employees at absurd. The Amazon labor union is Amazon employees. Um, so basically... I don't think uh, Amazon's going to win on this. Um, they already voted. Um, so good on them. Amazon's going to fight it with every breath that they have. I don't yeah. think they're going to. They will. They will. But but honestly, that's a lot. I mean, they're going to be putting. I don't know. That's going to be. That's kind of a tough call if they're going to win or not.
1: Yeah. The few people that I know who are in labor unions especially in the bay area for example so that's where i'm taking my example from because i'm not super familiar with that growing up in the midwest none of us had labor unions Uh um (laughs) all of them really appreciate the work that their unions do Mm -hmm. to protect their rights and i i feel like a huge company like amazon the employees that are working there they wouldn't need to be intimidated to join a labor union they would want to join a labor union, they'd Mm -hmm. probably be running to the voting booth to vote. Yes, we need it. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm not there. Like I can't speak for anybody who works there. But just from, from my experience talking to really good friends who have been in labor unions for years, for decades, they appreciate the, the power that their voice is given when they're a part of a labor union. And you honestly don't get that when you're working for a huge company and you're just one person, like you're really fighting for just yourself when you're not a part of a union. So I'm hoping for the best for them. I really am. Cause I feel like they need it.
2: So long as it's not compulsory, I'm fine with,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, freedom of assembly. You can hang out with whoever you want under whatever conditions you want. So long as it's not compulsory. I don't care. Good, good on them. Good on the employees for saying they want to do it as long as
0: you don't have to be part of it to work for the company. Cool. I, well, I work for a company that is as is union and I've been with them in this company for um, 20 over 20 years. And, you know, and, you know, the unions make the companies do their do it well. And also it makes the company yeah makes the companies do well, but also in the same token, they um, offer good benefits without unions. That's where benefits come from in mo- the most part. And I'm just, you know, but Amazon is gonna fight this. They're gonna, gonna fight this, but I think that, you know, they should be able to form a union. And if they like the chance that they should be able to do that without, you know, any hindrance, um, but we'll see what happens, so. I have a I have a quick update on the last story. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no <Number> more Nickelodeon.
1: <laughs> you fell down so, a rabbit hole, didn't you, Scott? I did.
2: <laughs> so, did.
0: and, he, I've, and I've got, Shannon, he brings me with him sometimes too, which is all right. I've got three headlines to
2: read. <laughs> IGN's is Star Trek announces NFTs. Trekkies push back. Mm. The Verge's headline is Paramount won't stop making Star Trek NFTs. And and gadget's headline is Star Trek's first NFTs lean heavily on incentives. Hmm. Which one wow. of these three is owned by Paramount? <laughs> oh, the third one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: I guess Engadget wasn't allowed to say anything negative about the parent company's stupid mm. initiative. Okay. Oh, for some but reason, that's God, why I, I have thought... a.
1: S- That's why I have a stipulation in all my reviews that says, you don't get to see the video until it's posted on the internet, Uh along with everybody Mm -hmm. else. Like anytime I review a product from a company, I'm like, sorry, you don't get to see this video until everybody else gets to see the video at the same time. So if you don't like the review,
2: you're not not part of the editorial process, guys.
1: (laughs) They are not a part of the editorial process. That's a part of my sponsorships too. Mm -hmm. You have no control over editorial. Yep. Big thing. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I could never, I could never work for a company where I write articles and they say no, you can't say that. I'd be like, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: what was it? It was Engadget who used to do the best of CES, right? It was Engadget that lost it. Yeah, no, it was The, ver- it was the
0: Verge. No, it was it the was Verge. E-
2: it, it was either Engadget or CNET, and they switched. Uh, C- I'm trying to think. It was th- oh no, Engadget is not. CNET? No, it was backwards. It was CNET. CNET used to CNET. do it. And now it's Engadget. Right, you're right. Engadget's yeah, not CNET, the one yeah. that's owned by CBS. Never mind. That was just right. a weird. Who's owned?
0: Uh, CNET is CNET's owned by oh. CBS. Paramount. Was was was. Now they're owned by Red Ventures. Oh,
2: okay. Did they did they escape that? Probably yep. because of what happened. Because you know they gave Best of CES to uh to the dish to Dish Networks uh Hopper. And uh CBS had a lawsuit with <gasps> with them about the hopper and they were told you have to take the award back. And CES said, Oh yeah, we're taking the program back.
1: Oh no. Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah, no good.
0: Anyway, let's keep okay. going. All right, yeah. We're gonna <laughs> All right, All right. Enough inconsistencies. <laughs> That's that's okay. Again, see, this is where, that's okay. We travel where we follow. That's all right. No worries. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, Activision Blizzard is converting all its temporary and contract quality assurance workers in the U.S. to full-time employees starting on oh. July 1st. Many of the 1,100 workers will receive a pay raise. The minimum hourly rate is going up $20 per hour as of April wow. 17th. Hold on. Going up twenty dollars an to, hour,
2: or going uh, up, up, up to twenty
0: dollars an up hour, two. up to okay, up to. <laughs> See, up to. I was gonna
2: say, woo, yeah, for QA. Everybody's gonna <laughs> right. twenty dollars an hour
0: raise. Oof. Up right? That's why I, I'm not saying with my mouth. About <laughs> like um, to be as, in QA for Activision, <laughs> right? No, I would not. As permanent employees, the workers will receive benefits and can participate. In a bonus plan, the company says bringing those workers on board as staff will bolster its development resources and increase its number of full-time employees by 25 percent. It recently covered, converted nearly 500 other temp and contract roles across across its studios to full-time positions. So,
2: makes you wonder if this is an Activision or a Microsoft well, thing.
0: And they also did say that has nothing to do with the Activision and Microsoft. Uh, okay, so this is an Activision thing. Right.
2: Okay. Well, so
1: something to mention here is um, a lot of time temp and contract roles will be more expensive for a company to fill yes. than full time positions.
2: Because you're paying e- even seven with Because you're paying seven to ten percent at minimum to the to the contracting company.
1: Yep, exactly. Um, yes. <laughs> Without going too much into detail, um, I have. I know people that work for those kind of companies and oftentimes... Oh, you do too, Scott. Okay, wonderful. So yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about then. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm sure that... I used to own one. Oh, yes. Okay, so (laughs) Blizzard is absolutely going to be saving money by taking on some of these people as full-time positions. Because they're also going to be benefiting from having them as full-timers. Because they'll get a cut on taxes Mm -hmm. as the employee or employer so
2: there's so
1: lots of benefits for them to do this
2: so there's ups and downs um so i know the way qa works at the game studios particularly at activision um i have to be careful what i
1: what you say say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes i i
2: know that they ramp up and down um sometimes at whim uh Mm -hmm. based on the development cycle for example uh, we oh. know that Diablo 4 was just pushed out almost a year on its yeah. release cycle so QA had to be scaled down before it scales back right. up in 3 to 6 months well less than that now cuz i think we're 3 months into that 12 month delay so um so anytime between now and you know th- maybe 4 months from now they'll have to start ramping up again for you know pre-release hard testing so absolutely in that case those employees being contract makes sense because it's way easier especially you know if you're dealing with you know the the diablo team which i know is based out of cali it's way easier to terminate a contract than it is to let an employee go when <clears throat> their services are no longer needed so yeah there there's some ups and downs what this means is that they've got multiple games that are getting ready to ramp into final production
1: fascinating yeah that so, totally makes sense
2: diablo 4 is about to go into final production
1: right um, right within
2: the next seven months i'd say um cool so, so all yes. of the temps that they that they hired um to to do you know the the on and off season testing are about mm-hmm. to be needed hardcore for diablo 4 um yeah the warcraft 3 thing i think is in its last 12 or 18 months so they're probably starting to harden up on that one too so that's probably what this is about
1: yeah absolutely 25
2: percent of the workforce was that was contract qa what
1: (laughs) that's a lot Mm -hmm. that's a lot of outsourcing talent
2: Mm -hmm. wow yeah Now, if they could just outsource the CEO's job, would be <laughs> much better shape. And to be continued.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm not afraid to be outspoken I, I, about I know content. you're not. I know you're not. I know you're not. I know you're not. I know you're not. All right. And finally, so the for those who do the podcast and channel um We take a look at the odd tech news um, from a website that you can go to check if your local McDonald's recording machine is broken, or there's a story about making, Uh, there's a, spoiler alert, it is, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's called, it's called mcbroken.com.
1: It's always Um, broken.
0: (laughs) Yep, it's always, Yeah. Um, or there's a, there was a story about uh, which Scott tried to uh, apply for, but the week the uh, deadline closed, um, where there was a reality TV game show in Australia based on, t- on the video game Frogger. And there was one story <laughs> which got Scott. That sounds awesome. Crack- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was one story that Scott and I were cracking up about. To this day, we're still cracking up about it where there was a college student who was was taking an online exam, college online exam. She was eating a meatball sandwich. (laughs) We both had meatball sandwiches within the next week. Continue. (laughs) One of the meatballs fell down, hit her computer, and she subsequently couldn't complete the exam and failed the exam because because it was submitted halfway through.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. That stinks. It, yeah, it and stinks. Apparently right?
2: managed to hit double confirmation, too, <laughs> from what we understand. Exactly right. Exactly like right. Your, your test has not been so, completed. Are oh sure God, you sure you want to submit it? Yes.
1: Can I pull that with sponsors and be like, I'm sorry, I missed my deadline for this sponsored video because, um, of, a meatball. because oh, of meatball. A meatball. <laughs> the meatball deleted my video.
0: <laughs> and Scott and I were Scott and I were DMing right. We were DMing about it the whole week, and then I, and then one night I wanted to get something to eat. So guess what I had? <laughs> I had I had a meatball sandwich. Scott fell out laughing. <laughs> <Me> <laughs> oh my gosh! Too. I
2: had one the next night.
0: So yeah, it was so it was the most, and we were like that was the most. That was back in. 20 we had 20 to 20 challenge. Early. We had to challenge fate. Is really what it came down to. Exactly yep so a lot of the news we cover you know in the top you know the break the top news but you know at the end of the uh, end of our podcast at the end of the episode we like to get something a little odd weird funny as well so make people laugh and people understand some things so so with that in mind we're still in the food realm so there is you know there's like a lot of like vending machines sack vending machines soda vending machines cake vending machines So now there is a robot inside a vending machine in a mall in New Jersey that can uh, cook you a burger in six minutes. And I'm going to show the video.
2: Oh, thank you, Chris, for bringing (laughs) this to our attention. uh,
0: uh, Chris Jordan, he shared this uh, last week. Uh, He's part of the, he's uh, with the Talking Sounds podcast. Uh
2: Uh-oh. Hey, it's... It's good to have somebody else on here, because now I know it's not me. Ha-ha!
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not you.
2: <laughs> when it's just the two of us, there's never any telling. Sometimes when he puts screen share on, everything goes sideways. Oh, so, no! So for those who are listening live, this is pretty normal for you. Uh, <laughs> I always love it, because he always freezes in positions like that.
1: Uh-huh. for Kirk. He's,
2: oh, <laughs> we got an and. We- don't Uh-oh. you wish you knew what he was saying all this time?
1: Kirk on, needs to oh. restart his yeah. internal clock.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey,
1: welcome back, <laughs> bud.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm trying to share the screen, but um, but the hell of it. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> try to share the screen and it's not it's not working out for me. Okay, let me try this one more time. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna hold on for the ride. There we go.
1: Okay. <gasps> I see us.
0: There we go. Okay. So that's us. Okay. So I'm gonna hack here. your
1: computer. Okay. Okay. So
0: <laughs> here, install um,
1: team viewer. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> so Roboburger. Hi, this is, is Shannon with Microsoft. We found the <laughs> problem with your computer.
0: You have to
1: enable macros. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Robo Burger is billed by its creators as the, as the, quote, world's first fully autonomous robot burger. Takes out 12 square feet, plugs into a regular wall socket, and features a refrigerator, an automated griddle, and a clearing system. I would hope so. The, the, <laughs> the robot uses a five-step cooking process similar to what chefs use in quick service restaurants. The this is for my press release, the Robo Chef grills a patty, Toasts a bun, dispenses the selected condiments, assembles a burger, and deliver it, delivers it piping hot in about six minutes for only six dollars and ninety-nine cents. She seemed pretty underwhelmed by
2: <laughs> by the burger appearing from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just from a marketing standpoint. Well, she
1: probably got tired of waiting for six minutes.
2: Right. There's that. <laughs> so. But it is like cooked the, to order. McDonald's so it's not is like
1: slower, it's... and they're in the food court. I'm just going to go to the food court. <laughs> At
2: least you know it's cooked to order, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> I don't understand what's happening there. I didn't put. The, I'm not putting the audio on because uh, last time I put You're the right. audio on it. Exactly. Yeah. So for those that are watching or listening, does it also print fake money? <laughs> <laughs> so
2: because now I'm in. Yep.
1: I mean, it's kind of cool, especially if you can, like, customize your burger uh-huh. with specific toppings. Though the ones they show in the video are pretty basic. Uh, yeah. They're very basic burgers. Mm-hmm. Ooh, what if they had one where you could, like, choose between an Impossible Burger or a mm-hmm. meat burger? Like so Bay that 1 it... and Bay 2. Yeah. Especially because I know there's folks out there who would not want a vegan burger cooked on the same mm-hmm. grill as mm-hmm. a meat burger so you can have two separate bays it's, so it could be accessible to everybody like both markets
2: it's actually the reason why uh taco bell cut its uh its menu down so significantly about a year ago is because they turned one whole grill station into a dedicated uh, vegan cooking surface
1: wow that's so cool yeah i like, love buffalo wild wings but that's cool for other people
2: like sixty percent of the menu items can now be ordered uh, fully vegan.
1: Oh whoa, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the Impossible Burger tastes pretty. It is pretty tasty, so I wouldn't mind.
2: <laughs> I I have not. I like the idea. Done it thus far, but I almost did I, it a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, this isn't the time or place to do it. I was at yeah. Bush Gardens, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh yeah, this isn't the time or place to do it.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't mind. Using one of these vending machines, if I could customize it, like uh-huh. with a whole bunch of crazy toppings. Like pineapple, some teriyaki, make like a Hawaiian burger. Mm, so good. Now I want one of those.
0: <laughs> Look what you did to yourself. See, this is uh, how we ended up getting meatball sandwiches. Yep. <laughs> yep. This is yep. So now you're going to, yeah. Now is where I was gonna have just uh, have the food.
1: food articles be the last article of the day.
0: Exactly. Right. See, that's why, yeah, again, why we do it. Exactly. Yep. We always try to find something like the postpart, I think the past couple of episodes have been food related. There's been a couple that's been not, but this kind of like really rounds up the, the episode and puts a smile on your face and ideas forming like the Hawaiian burger, I'm Not, but you know, so that's why, you know, we round up the episode. So I that like is that. But, this reminds me,
2: of something that we interviewed at CES 2021. I'm trying to remember the name of it. I'm literally scrolling through our interviews. I don't remember what it's called, but it was uh it was a robotic kitchen um for restaurants. I and it that could, one. Yep. It could have like a hundred and twenty or something, I might be making that up. Um different uh recipes in it at any given time. Um and it took up a smaller amount of space than the average restaurant kitchen i this is killing me that i can't i've been through this list twice now and i'm not (laughs) oh robo eats oh e-a-t-z robo eats um yeah the arc three they put their first test kitchen in somewhere weird i don't remember where it was like I don't remember somewhere somewhere in like eastern europe. Like, it's an interesting te- place to test the technology. I would mm. think <laughs> Vegas or New York. Right. Yeah. Okay. So but yeah, that this reminds me of that only on a smaller scale. Um, mm. Obviously on a smaller scale cuz it's not designed to run a whole kitchen. It's designed to make burgers. Right. Um and you know, we've seen bigger versions of this right? McDonald's has, I don't know, two or three dozen uh, test restaurants that the kitchens mm-hmm. are entirely automated. Uh, yeah. Wendy- Wendy's has, I think, a dozen or two. Um, I don't know the Burger King has gotten on. I can't remember the name of the, the machine that both of them use. It's the same for both. Um, but they've been doing test kitchens. Uh, but again, big. And this was real small. I, on the grand scale of things. I mean that was that was a pretty small little machine that was able to do two at once because it had two bays on it. So that's pretty cool. And it prints fake yeah. money. So I mean, how do you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. Maybe if the yep. audio was on, we would have understood what was happening there. My yeah, guess is want it's it. telling you that if you if you buy one of these things, it will almost print money for you.
0: But
1: <laughs> I like yeah. that's
2: probably the marketing well, behind that. But again, it's marketing I... for them all. Again, I, if like I, th- <laughs> I like to think that it's it's just also a, a a fake money printer.
0: And again, if I had to put the music on A, yes, copyright, but B, it would have crashed my my thing would have crashed. So, so that's why I didn't put it on. And okay, did without. A, that's true too. That also is true. Okay, so with that, that is the tech news for this week for Friday, March eighth. Shannon, thank you so 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 much for coming on. Glad to have you on. Um, and it worked
2: there- out real well that it was tonight because we had some security
0: topics at the top of the show. And I know mm-hmm. uh, you have a, a big background in that.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Yep. And um, so is there anything that you want? to? If people want to know uh, where to go to find what you're doing online, anything you want to share as far as what you're working on? How will people do that?
1: Sure. Um, you can go to youtube.com slash Shannon Morse, which is spelled just like my name is spelled to find all of my most up-to-date videos. Uh, youtube.com slash H a K five is where I do my security and privacy news oriented show called threat wire and then twitter.com slash snubs for hot takes, <laughs> hot takes about impossible burgers and, uh, strange <laughs> burger robots. <laughs>
2: and uh uh rooting plants
1: and rooting plants yes it's true i'm probably i am propagating plants and um i have a sailor moon collection room so i also talk about that stuff on twitter too
2: <laughs> yep i never I would have guessed based on the shirt
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right well um again uh so this ad is tech news for this week um thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode show us from this episode um and along with uh, shannon's uh, content, not contact information but where you can find her all on gncweekly.com. Also, check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com. And be sure to tune in Mondays and Thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com slash live for the Geek News Center podcast. And then be sure to watch and tune in at GNC Weekly live, gncweekly.com slash live, Friday evenings, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We're back on 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, we'll be off for next week because of the Easter holiday, but we'll be back the following week. Um, and as always, if you are new to podcasts, you can be sure to like and subscribe to the GNCWIR channel on YouTube. Also, be sure to um, also be sure to and make sure my music is coming up here. Uh, there we go. Gothic the music. Um, Got to give also, me something to do. Right. Right. Um, And as always, if you're new to podcast, um, be sure to like and subscribe to the GNCWIR channel on YouTube. Also, please make sure to click on the bell and always select notifications so you will not miss the next episode. Also, be sure to share this episode with people you know to check out the podcast and also pass along the word that this podcast is easy to subscribe to on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to tune in to F5 Live Reflection Technology with Scott and Abram Pilch, Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern time at uh, f5live.tv slash join us, or be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite favorite podcast app. If you have a comment on this week's episode, especially how you like your burger, (laughs) we love to hear them. Um, Hear them, head on over to gncweekly.com slash connect, and connect by email, Twitter, or Facebook. Don't forget the uh, giveaway until the end of this month, gncweekly.com slash giveaway, I am on Twitter. I'm at Kirk Corliss. Scott is on Twitter at Triple T M-A-B-O. Till the next episode of GNC Week in Review. So long. Ciao.